Hey everyone, and welcome to a new episode of It's Just an Accent with your host, David Granados. Today, I have the pleasure to bring you an amazing mover and shaker, a titan in the Latino movement, my friend, Enrique Sapena. Thank you so much. We are so excited to have you to give you people context. Enrique is the creator, executive producer, and host of Canela's original Secretos de Villanas, and also LATV's The Q Agenda. He is a passionate storyteller, and I'm so excited to bring him to you. How are you, Enrique? I am beyond excited. I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, I love that for us. We've been talking about it, so so glad that the universe finally... Fine. And I have it. to say, I love the name of your show. Thank because, you. you know what? Accents should be worn as a badge of honor. Yes. Accents, just they, they mean that you speak languages. I love that you're breaking another stereotype. Thank you. By just naming you. your show this way. And also, like, accents are something that I always hear people compliment about other people. But then when it comes to the workplace, people see that as a liability. So yeah. I'm like, if it's sexy, if you like it, if it sounds good for you, why do you like make it a problem when it's about the workplace? Well, but people don't want to be discriminated and whatever. It's like a whole other yeah. story. We have to change the narrative because having yeah. an accent just means that you speak several languages. And that should be honored and respected and worn as a badge of honor. Absolutely. I love that. So first and foremost, we want to know who were you as a little kid in Venezuela? Well, as a little kid in Venezuela, I was very, very happy. I was very overweight. But I was like, ese gordito gozón. You know what I mean? I like, that. I was yeah. always a gordito gozón. Like, you gordito pero like, feliz. Gordito pero feliz no hay gozón. You know, like, I'd be around, like, my parents' friends. And, like, music would come up. And I would be, like, the one dancing. And yeah. so I was just happy. But I never thought there was anything wrong with being el gordito gozón. But until later on that I learned that being overweight was, like, an issue with health and yeah. stuff like that. Because I feel like we grew up. And like when we're little kids, they're like, oh, no, tomate la sopa. Uh -huh. like you have to eat everything, every carbs, because yeah. we want to keep you healthy. They're like, okay, he's good. He's being well fed. But then once you turn 14, then the narrative changes. And I was like, oh, you actually need to work out yeah, a little way. Yeah, you're like, hey, you're like, getting a little chunky. How many times the whole conversation of uh, you can't leave any food on the table, which yeah. is a horrible thing to teach a child, yeah. that you just have to finish everything that you eat. Yeah. You can save a little and eat it later or whatever. Totally. But that in a Latino family, that doesn't exist. I grew yeah. up like that. Like, for example, I go visit my family and then they'll cook for me. And I'm like, but you're kind of thin. So then they give me like one more full human adult portion. And I eat it because I, out of respect. So then I'm like, I'm literally like putting so much effort to have like this discipline. But then it's always good food. Yeah, so, but that's how yeah. you know that when they're like, oh my God, you're so thin, you look sick. Yeah. You know, you're at the right size. Yeah. Exactly. When they say you're so thin, I'm like, thank you. Like, I will keep that because it's hard to lose weight yeah. nowadays. So how did you discover your love for television? So right. I had a lot of people in my family that worked in television. And that my uncle is like one of the most respected journalists from Venezuela. Wow. You know, and he was a director of Información y Opinión for El Observador, which was the number one news program in We're Venezuela. We're from neighbor countries, so I know El well, Observador. So I always watched them and I loved the, the idea of working in television. And I'd go visit them and always be fascinated. But every Latino family, they wanted me to be like either a lawyer or wow. a doctor or something So even like though that. you were sort of like born into the industry already, people had expectations. How Latino? Very Latino. Yeah. I just always knew that I wanted to be in entertainment somehow. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of paved my way through poquito poquito. Like kind of like, okay, let me just work on this and show them that I can do this really well. Yeah. So that, you know, once you prove yourself you're good at something, they Absolutely. can't really fight it back. 
same thing happened for me. I feel like the sky is the limit. And I feel like I am a guy who can wear many hats. So, you know, I've been able to prove people that love me that my dreams are as valid as the expectations they have for me. And, you know, we're thriving. So oh, hell that's yeah. very exciting. <laughs> so you have been on television for a long time. How was it to transition into mainstream America? The experience of working on Latin TV was fun. It was great. I learned so much, you know, particularly like working like on telenovelas. Yeah. Like, I feel like telenovelas are, like, the best way to, like, teach you how to act. When you're raise doing... a child. <laughs> yes, to, or to raise a child, for sure. I mean, when you're doing, like, 40 scenes in one day, yeah. back to back to back. You we get used the script shoot, on the day. You do the script here. on the day. You shoot, like, um, an episode and a half. And then turning into producing and creating projects was my frustration of not finding enough opportunity. Mm. Very, very limited opportunity. And always, you were either not Latino enough, but too Latino. Yeah. You had an accent, but you don't have enough of an accent. Yeah. You were a little soft, which back in the day, yeah. like 13 years ago, being soft meant like you were a little too fruity right. to like, like play a character, gay, yeah. like too gay or something. I was like, forget about this. Like, we got to create our own opportunities. We got to go that. out there and just start changing the narrative. That is so powerful. And I'm always so inspired by the moves you make because you're always a trailblazer and you know always what's ahead. The world of television and especially reality sometimes seems very exciting, but also saturated. How do you find these fresh ideas to create something that is like so groundbreaking and new, like Secretos de Villana? You know, some people say that everything has been done already, but no, it's, really. no, it's not true. Yeah. It's like you just have to like pay attention and, and find stories and voices. But I feel like us being taken for granted for so long and having so many great stories, there yeah. are so many boxes where we put people, you know, like oh, Latinos can only do this. No, the, the sky's the limit. And really? I feel that as long as the story is great it so happens to be told by a latino i feel like people don't realize in like mainstream culture is that latinos we are complex creatures mm -hmm. and we have all depth and colors and nuances that like they also have we can tell the story as well from like a very honest and beautiful perspective while making it authentic and only being a drug dealer or a prostitute listen i'm an actor as well and i love to tell a story so a job is a job that's sort of like the immigrant mindset mentality yeah like i love to be able to get the opportunity to tell a story that is deep and of i can course. make you feel something and i can make you relate to me because i'm just like you i'm of a course. human being with like dreams hopes expectations fears trauma so i just want to be able to tell the story in the same capacity that so many people have been doing it for the longest time you know? of course and i think like a lot of people just oversee like the intersectionality of like yes. you know you can be latino and be lgbtq and be a father and Free be age. whatever you know what I mean? there's so many things there's so many layers yeah. you know and it just makes the story so much richer i hate it when people like they tell a latino story and all of a sudden like in comes the piñata here comes the mariachi and it's not all of the, our stories it's are crazy. different my friend is a marketing executive and she was telling me that she had a tantrum with a big American company that was trying to like work with her because they had this Latino initiative that they wanted to do but what they sent to clients was a basket full of tacos. I love tacos. Don't I love tacos. Wrong. Don't like, wrong. I'm, I every kind, every flavor. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of tacos. Bring tacos really, all day, every day. Yeah. I love them. But hello. Yeah, yeah. At least. Listen, it's going to get tense here for a minute. You are Venezuelan. Mm -hmm. I am Colombian. Mm -hmm. Who invented the Arepa. Venezuelans. 
I love you so much. Different types of arepas. We can all shine. Yeah, we can There's... all shine. There's plenty of yes. arepa space yes, for everybody. Yes, yes, yes. Our cuisine is so similar. Like yeah. the spice, yeah. the flavors, we're the cousins. Yeah. Like Venezuelans feel at home in Colombia and Colombians in Venezuela. It's yeah. like, when Venezuela has a Miss Universe, Colombia feels as excited. When Colombia has Miss Universe, we're Venezuela. We're getting into like territory oh, here. Listen. Well, you're the one that like deals with the divas. So this is like... You deal with some divas too, yeah. don't even. Talking yes. about divas, who has been your favorite diva that you had to work with so far? Jesus, that's a really hard one. Let's say that it's specific, like in the Hispanic market. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I had an incredible experience with Gaby Hispanic. She really was a pleasure to work with. She was professional. She was on time. She was just fantastic. And absolutely flawless. From like the moment she wakes up until the moment she goes to sleep. Honestly, like watching Secreto de Villanas. I really loved Gaby. You know, like growing up watching her. Always so iconic. But like getting to see that human perspective of her and how she had like struggles, family stories, trauma that she had to deal with. You know, people always expect that if you're an icon, if you're a famous celebrity, your life is perfect. And this woman was so upfront and honest about telling how her life has actually been. And I love that she didn't put a facade and she was able to tell that story. And not to make the whole thing about Gabby, but what happens to Gabby is like she's faced so many challenges in her life. And I've always said, there's that saying in Spanish that like, nadie le tira piedras a un árbol sin frutas. Mm -hmm. No, nobody throws rocks yes. at, a, at a tree that doesn't have any fruits. People could be like, oh my God, is this really? Or she's really faced these totally. things. Yeah. Working with a lot of these divas, you see that they're women, that they're just trying to do the best that they can, but they're women. They're yeah. mothers. They're they take care of family, the but the they see them yeah. in this pedestal, and so they have to face that aspect. I just read this statement on social media, and it said that when somebody understands their brand or their value or like for example they're like I am actually attractive and they say that people get bothered I feel like we live in a culture where like oh yeah yeah be yourself embrace yourself but once you are confident about it then we try to like well, take I, a few I, steps I, back I, and I agree know, with you 100% I think this woman deal with that I would invite somebody that feels that way to like face their own demons mm -hmm. because it's more like patterns and insecurities that we have that were taught to us about things you yeah. know like it's really sad when you feel that you have to look a certain way in order to be respected when yeah. you should be respected no matter what Regardless, as a human yeah. being. And also, first of all, I feel like beauty is so subjective. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, of you know? 100%. And that's why there's flavors and colors and patterns. And I feel like we are all beautiful human beings and we're all connected as one. But definitely living in this world with like social media, I feel like we do have this pressure to like fit into some of the boxes. I don't do the boxes. I know you don't either. That's a key thing to implement in your life so you can live authentically and you're yourself. not like a freaking golden token that for everybody to like you. Mm -hmm. There's some people that just naturally yeah. gravitate towards you. That's Let okay. them be. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's not my fault that you have bad taste, but go ahead. <laughs> wow. It's like, you keep it moving. You know what I, I mean? That. It's That's like, so you can't be held responsible totally. for somebody having bad taste. Yeah. I came to that understanding and it's helped me so much because, you know, as an immigrant coming to another country, you want to make sure that you're relatable and you like like by people but like some people will never like you and that's totally fine you know like you want to feel like you're accepted and totally. you're welcome and everything yeah. I think the beauty of like what nobody talks about is like as you grow older you realize that you're growing older And you see all those things and you just you just don't care anymore. Faith, bias. It's like, yeah. you know why you don't like me? Because of who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people like, oh, we just want people to be like real and be themselves. Yeah. And you are real and you're themselves and they don't like it. 
that's fine. That's when you have to make your own choice of like, okay, really? well, you don't like it. That's it. Then there's also the conversation of like people that say, oh, I'm so real. I'm so real. Mm -hmm. And they're not real. They're yeah, just like, assholes. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Oh, mm -hmm. I also like don't excuse people when they're like mean or they excuse their behaviors like zodiac sign. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, but I'm a Gemini. I'm like, baby, I'm an Aquarius, <laughs> but we're going to we're gonna keep it nice here. Yeah, we're going to keep you it know? civil. <laughs> beat up by an Aquarius. No, exactly. Kidding, but, you know, exactly. You know what I mean. <laughs> so what are the challenges that you have to face at the beginning of your career to get a seat at the table as an openly queer Latino man? When I first started, there were all the challenges. Like, it's just like there was no space for wow. it. It just felt like, you know, you kept on swimming, 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 and you're not gay enough, but wow. then you are gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, you're a little soft, but wow. then, you know, not soft enough. Or like, you yeah. know, this, this is what we think gay should be. And let's wow. not even start with like the Hispanic market. To me, the, the Latino market, a million generations behind. I think like the general market is kind of like at least conscious and trying to mm -hmm. catch up. The Hispanic market is like, Every yeah. time that they bring in an LGBTQ character, it's like the butt of the joke or the, yeah. you know, we haven't gone the into a place where like, yeah, we're like, no personal life, dignified. Just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nowadays, it's so different because mm -hmm. you can just build your own table. I love that. You yeah. know, anybody that has a phone nowadays can create totally. content. Totally, yeah. You know, you don't have to wait for that opportunity to come. You, you can go ahead and create it yourself. And I feel like that is an incredible piece of advice, what you just said for fellow creatives. Because I feel like sometimes people just get stuck just waiting for an opportunity or a door to open. But in actuality, like if they don't give you a place in the table, you create your own freaking table. And, and you bring people that you actually believe in. Of and course. bring your friends and make it like sexy and diverse. Hell and yeah. Iconic. Yeah, and if they don't open the door, you build a window and you go in through the window. I love it. And you That's smash it. that bitch. Yeah. yeah. So what is next for you as Enrique Sapene and also what is next for River Waste Production? Well, we're super busy. Thank God. I feel that we offer a unique service because we are great at both the general and the Hispanic market. And there's very little people out there in the market that really get both, you know, the general and the Hispanic and know how to like join them efficiently, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. because it's either you do one or the other. Thank God we've been able to like navigate both in a great way. And, you know, we're working on, it was announced, Secretos de Villanas, the second Yay. season. There, it was announced also that there's another show with Secretos, Secretos okay. as a franchise is growing. Wow immensely yeah. and there's a lot of surprises coming We're i'm honestly excited. so proud of you because i was always inspired by everything you do but i was also able to connect with you when this was just an idea that you were like cooking Thank and you, how amigo. fast it blew up and Thank how you. incredibly and smoothly you brought this to life like i don't mean to throw shade to anybody here but like <laughs> not even the housewives you know like bitches could never like it's honestly so good thank you and i'm honestly so proud of you thank god the right opportunity in the right place people that we know that open then, doors yeah. that thank god we're able yeah. to like yes. you know shout out here shout out here to you know wink wink yeah coming from you is great because i also admire you and i respect you. you and this is not like a kiss ass session it's no, just no. you know everything you've here. done raise your hand in this room everybody who's worked with steven spielberg please i'll wait <laughs> So, insert her flip yeah I mean I just yeah. think that you just have to build community and create opportunities Amen. for all yeah. of us and that is something that I admire from you and but I do like to highlight things that I admire and respect from people and I feel like you are a good person you're an incredible person but you're also a great connector you're a people person I don't know one person that doesn't like you you know everybody <laughs> I'm sure there is well, yeah, listen we don't count those bitches <laughs> but um you have this charisma that translates to the work you do also like you a people thing and I love that thank it's you so powerful. I feel like it's just a sad when people, they heard their contacts mm -hmm. or even like with friends you know yeah. what I mean like I want my friends to be friends with 
everybody. I want yeah. my friends to be friends with you, with them. Yeah. And if they go out and have lunch one day and they Enjoy. they didn't call me, talk about me. I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know what thousand. I mean? Because at the end of the day, it reflects on you yeah. that you introduced them and they got yeah. along. Totally. Yeah, it, yeah. it just speaks highly of you. Yeah, you I know, love people that. People have that insecurity. And I also feel like the universe is so abundant that there's opportunities and space for literally every single person. And that's very powerful that we don't feel this sort of like competitive feeling in our spirit and we just come into this industry with like openness and like willing to give and share and create community and build a foundation because we're a new generation of yeah. this because when you really go to like that immigrant mentality the opportunities were so limited and you had to fit in so it was almost like there was so little real estate and right. there still is very little real yeah, estate yeah, yeah, yeah. there was so little real estate that it was like quítate tu papá ponerme yo wow. like you have to move so I can have a spot on yeah, the real yeah, estate yeah. wise Where words the... from Evie Queen quítate tu que llevo la pot I meant to yeah, she needs yeah, to be in one of your shows I'm she a was, huge fan I love her too huge huge fan by the so way cool. she looks like not a million dollars like a billion oh, no, dollars no. yeah so anybody that has that mentality nowadays is frankly so boring yeah totally. it's like there's no time for that conversation. I live my life in a place of abundance and I'm telling you people like it does work like if you think that the possibilities are out there and the opportunities are out there and that there's plenty for all of us yeah. like life is a lot more enjoyable And I feel like there's nothing that makes me more excited than when I see my friends shine. I know also that when I'm shining, my friends are happy for me. It's this chosen family thing that we have, especially like the queer community, have mm -hmm. had to develop. Mm -hmm. um, so talking about families, I heard on an interview that you were sort of pushed to come out. Can you walk us through that experience? Well, the thing was like, it was never like a big secret. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like I was looking at albums when I was a kid and there was like a birthday party that I had where there was like a mermaid and stuff yeah. like that. I used to like dress up in costumes all the time. Mm -hmm. And like, I think there's another picture of me with my brother, like dressed up as the Pink Panther and stuff oh, like wow. that. And it's like, I was always that kid and I always just lived my life you know yeah. and if it bothered you it bothered you but I just kept on going on my lane and but yes my husband proposed to me on a um, flash mob a flash mob oh my god yeah. that's so cute. on Melrose Play and like on the street okay. and they had like a, a bunch of our friends came out and did the whole dance and whatever and a lot of people put their phones out oh, and wow. uh, this was like 20 I got married 2014, so I was 2013. And they posted it and oh everything. My gosh, wow. And I had never had really like the conversation mm -hmm. with my mom and my yeah. dad. And Somebody that I knew oh. said that to my mom wow. and say, Oh, Thank look you. at your son like, being. Yeah, nah. yeah. I guess at the end of the day, I should be thankful. Did me a favor because yeah. I finally had to face all those demons and yeah. I had to have the conversation. Yeah. You have this like, you know, loving partner and like obviously a great relationship with your family, but that is not the case for like a lot of queer people. Absolutely. So it always like saddens me, no matter what the outcome really is, it saddens me when people out other people. Oh, yeah. Because it's such a personal moment. Yeah, that, let's do like a PSA. Yeah. It's like, if you feel the urge to out somebody, just don't. Like, just shut Please the fuck don't. Up. Just Thank shut the you. fuck up. A thousand because percent. Because everybody's on their journey. I compare that to sort of like losing your virginity. Like it's such a special moment that you want to cherish and like remember it in like a good note. Yeah. And it's private. It's like it's your journey. Yeah. It's your experience. It's your moment to have yeah. with your loved one or whatever. I think a, a lot of people forget that when you come out, the world comes out with you. Yeah. So your, your family, family comes out with yeah. you. And they have to grieve the mm. expectation that they had about totally. you and learn to accept this new 
opportunities yeah, because yeah, yeah. it, it's full of opportunities. Wow. But you have to respect that. Yeah. It's not just you coming out. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to come out because uh, it's my life. Yeah. No, people that care about you. They have to go through the process. That is so true. And then that's also a reminder that, you know, when you first come out, some people will have opinions and they're wired in a certain way, but it does get better. Like, I feel like with time, people get to understand you. And when they see you as a good human being, you're still the same person, right. you know? Once they figure that out, then you get like this weight of your shoulders. When you come out, you feel like a billion bricks are taking off your shoulders. Yeah. It's like somehow yeah. breathing becomes yeah. easier. For me, personally, like I came out to my mom when I was pretty young. And that's another story we'll talk about another time. But I came out to my sister when she was a 12-year-old girl. She's 19 now. But I sort of waited because I was like, wow, what if she like loves me less? Or like, what if she has like questions about this that I cannot answer? And the most liberating thing, I was in Central Park. It was a summer in New York City. I just decided to make the call. Like she left school. I called her, I FaceTimed her and I told her. And I literally had to like meditate for a couple hours, sit next to a tree, get the sun. I was like, okay, I'm ready. And I told her like, hey, Danny, I'm gay. She was like, oh, amazing. And what are you gonna have for lunch today? <laughs> And I was just like, I was sobbing. Like, you don't understand. I was like literally sobbing. Like, I was yeah. crying my heart out. And she was like, what's happening? And I was like, no, I'm just like so grateful for this response from you. But like, thankfully, she's from this generation of people that are like a lot more inclusive and they understand. But the, the weight of my shoulder. It's that whole concept that gets thrown a lot around with uh, Latino families of unconditional love. Yeah. But then when they're faced with something like this, yes. how unconditional it really like, is. What if I marry somebody you don't like? you know or I'm gonna start a whole other I'm open a whole other can of worms yeah. but like interracial marriage oh, and things absolutely. like those are yeah. big issues that people tend to say yeah. it's like oh no Latinos are not they don't have racial issues oh a thousand percent and That's honestly like, I didn't see it I wasn't aware of it when I grew up in Colombia but like by moving here and understand like the race dynamics I was like oh my god this is actually like so prevalent in the Latino culture I think that is just a little more I don't mean to upset anyone here, but I'm going to say what I think. And it's that it's hypocritical. Oh, absolutely. I like, agree with oh, you. Oh, I'm not racist, but like, yeah, but you're saying that about that? Oh, if you, and whoever gets mad about it, go ahead, please get mad. Oh, totally. But we should have these conversations. Absolutely. There are some huge, huge racial problems. And then within race, it's also the coloring oh, yeah, problem yeah, totally. that is, is humongous. Like talking about what color your baby is going to look oh, yeah, like what, is definitely... Or the person yeah. that you're going to marry or the person that you're with. It's like, okay, so fine. So you're going to date a black man. How black is he? Right. I mean, really? Like I said, he's, he's black. He's black and that's it. Thank you. It's like, you know, period, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or again, not even have to be black, Asian, and whatever. Oh, you know a thousand percent. I mean? yeah, anything. yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, so machismo now that we're talking about latino values mm -hmm. uh we're talking about machismo it is still so prevalent in our community what is a piece of advice you have for queer men that are still having a hard time accepting who they truly are what anybody thinks about you is not your problem life sometimes so short you never know you don't we're not guaranteed 100 years we're not guaranteed 30 years we're not going to take 15 anything yeah you have to live for you and whoever's not on board with it that's their problem yeah you know that's beautiful. and then you also don't want those people around you whether they're your blood or not yeah you know right. you have to live your life 
como decimos en Colombia, esa no es mi muñeca. Exacto. Like, that is not my doll. Exacto. Like, if you want to hate me, dislike me, not appreciate me because I am queer or I have an accent or I am doing something that you don't like, that is your doll, go play with it. But Bye, I'm girl. not going to burn it myself. Yeah. From Bye, that. girl. Don't waste your time with people like that. Yeah. Time is precious, so make it worth. Exactly. Enrique, lastly, I would love to know what is your accent? What is my accent? Like, sort of like as a metaphor. Like, what is that one thing about you that people told you wasn't good enough or was a liability and then you've been able to turn it into, like, this superpower? My accent, now at this point in my life, my accent is the, I don't give a fuck what you think accent. Yes, I love that. It's, this is who I am. And uh, if I was working as an actor, I understand that, that you need to be able to play different. And it's fun to like oh. try to play different accents and things like that. And they're casting apart. But in my personal life and as who I am, you know, again, I when we open, I said it, an accent is a badge of honor. It just I means that. that you speak languages. And some people don't even speak their original yeah. language very well. Absolutely. We are blessed that we have to speak several languages and just, you know, wear it with honor. And yeah. who cares who doesn't like it? I love that. Okay. And with that, we conclude this episode. Hey! Thank you so much, Enrique. Thank this you for was... having me. This has been oh amazing. Yeah, this is I love such that. a fun conversation. Great conversation. We will clap away from the mic. People, you heard it here. Just go out to the world, be authentic, be yourself. Embrace who you are, love yourself, and that way people will love you even more. <laughs>